Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the Out to Be podcast. It is your host, Katie Zaccardi. On today's episode, we are airing an episode that I recorded with Brie Noble live in person. I was just in California, and I spent a week there, the first half of it with Brie at her house, where we were recording a bunch of content, uh, you know, running and, and wrapping up our Out to Launch launch, which we wrap up tomorrow. So, by the way, if you haven't applied for Out to Launch yet, you haven't booked your application call, and you are a music teacher or music industry coach who is interested in launching an online program, you have like 24 hours left. So you have to go to katiezacardi.com slash out to launch, book your application call for a chance to join the program. So that was so exciting to have time with Brie and to be able to actually record stuff in person. You'll hear her say the same thing when we, she kicks off the episode and we di- when we dive in in just a second. And the last half of the weekend was spent at a retreat. I am in a mastermind with a bunch of other music industry coaches. Uh, Brie is one of them and some other people that you've probably heard of are in it. And it was an amazing, amazing weekend. I am super excited for everything that is coming as I move into the next year for me, my business, for out to be and for you guys too. So stay tuned for more on that and make sure that you're on my email list and following me on Instagram at Katie Zaccardi to get the 411 on that. I've been talking about it a little bit in my emails. So if you are following me in those places, that means that you are getting all of the information. Um, Plus you're listening to the podcast here, obviously. So you're getting all the news everywhere. I've said it before on the podcast, but I can't always update you here as frequently as I want to because it's only once a week. So make sure that you're following me in those other places too. Okay. I'm going to keep this intro short. Let's go ahead and dive into today's episode with me and Brie, where we are talking all about why you keep procrastinating the launch of your online program. Hello, hello, and welcome to the podcast. I am excited because I am actually recording a podcast with a guest in person during the pandemic. No, (laughs) I I just can't even imagine that this is happening. First of all, I've never recorded a podcast with a guest in person, let alone now during this time period. So it is pretty cool to think that we are doing this. Uh, Katie Zaccardi is here. We are in my home studio and we are recording this live using the same mic. So it's really exciting. And I am excited because we are talking about launching. I know you guys know we love to talk about launching. We talk about it a lot. Um, But we're going to talk about some of the reasons why people don't launch or they just get caught up in the weeds of like, I'm not ready to launch. It's not the right time to launch. And so we're going to talk about that because we've heard that from some people that have come to us and said, I I want to do out to launch, but I just don't think it's the right time. And when we talk it through with them, a lot of times we uncover things that they've, you know, excuses or ideas that they've had in their mind that are like not really what should be holding them back. And then also just talk a little bit about our experiences when we first launched and why maybe everything didn't look perfect and aligned. And maybe someone else might have said, oh, you're not ready. And we're like, we're doing it anyway. And we're so glad that we did. So um, just to, I know you guys have talked, you know, Katie's been on the podcast a bunch of times, so you know who she is. Um, but like, where should we start? Do we start? I want to hear about your story, Brie, because okay. I, and to go off of what you were saying, like, I think that a big theme on today's episode is going to be like perfectionism and kind of like waiting when is it the right moment? How do you know if you're going to do it right? Like all of these juicy things. 
And so we thought about starting with some of our first launches, which we both have as typical different experiences. <laughs> but I really want to hear about your first experience launching the Academy. What was that like? Oh, man. Um, so I had started my podcast in 2015. I knew I wanted to serve female artists. I had some idea how I wanted to do that. I was asking a lot of questions of them to find out what they wanted to learn. But at some point, you just kind of need to take that leap. And I really didn't know how to do that. I was like, I don't have anything created. So how can I ask them to pay money uh, when I don't have anything created? And it's going to take me this long to create it. And so I remember talking with my coach at the time and saying like, maybe I can launch in August or September. I really got to have something in there for them to do when they start. And she's like, why? <laughs> I was like, that blew my mind. I was like, what do you mean? Why? Like, oh, of course, if they're buying something, they have to have something. And she's yeah. like, no, you, these people, you've built up trust with them. You've built up what we call reciprocity, which is like, I've given away a lot of things for free, a lot of advice, a lot mm -hmm. of help. And they trusted me. And she's like, look, you can give them a really great price. You can ask them, you know, tell them that they are like your first people and you'll be creating stuff custom for them. And, you know, will they be willing to just jump in with you like in the deep end and, and work it through? And I was like, that just totally blew my mind. And I, I didn't think like I hadn't even, I decided on a course portal, but like I hadn't even figured out how to use it. You know, all mm -hmm. these things. I was like, I thought I needed to do all this stuff before I started. And she's like, what do you have to lose? Go for it. Just try it. See how it goes. And so I did a launch. I did a launch of, I think about two or three weeks long where I just talked about it all the time. I sent emails to my list. I talked about it on social media. Um, and I was able to enroll 18 people in the beginning by just taking that leap and being super honest with them. Like, okay, guys, there's nothing in there now, but I am ready to like create whatever you need help with starting that first day when it opens. And you guys are going to be able to have a lot of input on this. So it was in a way almost like a group coaching program at the beginning because it was small. It was 18 people, but I would say, you know, the calls that we had were, I don't know, six people would show up, you know, and they would get like a lot of personalized help. And so I think some people are like, I don't have a big enough audience. I can't launch because, you know, what if only three people join? And I say, hey, that is awesome for them. Yeah. Like they're going to get so much personalized attention. They're going to be getting way more than you promised them at the price that you're offering because there are only three of them. And that's going to allow you the chance to be able to say, hey, like this program now exists. I've established it and be able to go out even stronger and more confident with some testimonials next time. So I think that a lot of times people are held back by just the like the simplest things like what platform should I use? I know that was like I was going around and around and around about that for like <laughs> months, you know, and I thought that that was going to be like the key to my success. It wasn't. Um, I thought that I had to have everything figured out and built and I had to be I needed to be able to tell them exactly what they were getting. And I didn't do that. And they trusted me anyway because I had been showing up for them. 
And so those are just some of the reasons that people oftentimes put off launching. And I can tell you from experience that I'm so glad that I didn't because I wouldn't be, I wouldn't have the business I have now if I had waited. I might have just found more reasons why I wasn't ready. And that's, I think, been one of my keys to success is jumping in to things at, you know, in the deep end before I was ready and just learning how to swim as it was happening. Yeah. Oh man, that's such a good story. I love that. And it's, it reminds me of uh, two of our students in the current or the last round about to launch who kind of had similar experiences. One, I won't say their names. I'll just, I'll keep it private, but like one of them, she was doing private coaching. And do you remember she was kind of feeling like, I need to have something to give them. Like I need to have like mm-hmm. exercises to give them or I need to have things to give them. And obviously a membership and private coaching are different experiences. So is like a course for instance, but it was such a block to push through and, and we got her there and she finally was able to really move forward feeling like, okay, I'm actually just confident enough that I can show up and I can coach and I can do my job without feeling like I have to have bells and whistles or a backlog of content or something like tangible to give them. And I think that was a big block that was holding her back from launching. That seems pretty common. Like you even went through it. Obviously other people are going through it where you feel like you kind of have to have more when a lot of the times it's really just trusting yourself and your ability to coach or to guide people through whatever transformation they're, you're going to take them through. Yeah, totally agree. And, and I see why, I see why people think that, but I mean, if you've been doing coaching with people, you've been getting results. It's not like you have to be something totally different. You're just doing it in a different place on a different scale. Yeah. But if you haven't coached people at all, though, it is kind of scary. Like, yeah, the other student I was thinking of, she, I don't think she's coached people before. And she was originally coming in with her course idea, intending to have a ton of guest speakers and like all these bells and whistles. And not saying that's bad, because obviously bonuses and guests are are great. And any way you can round out your courses is great (laughs) to give your students a better experience. But with her, it was really focusing on how can we build your confidence to just And it happened like almost at the end of the program. I remember having Mm. a conversation with her during office hours about you are the reason people are going to join and your expertise is enough to see this through and to provide information. So interestingly, one of the big takeaways I get from your story is about trusting yourself and just believing in yourself that like you are able and qualified to do it, whether you've coached before or whether it's a brand new program and you're kind of just getting into coaching it's still okay. Like you have the experience and the knowledge to, to do it. Yeah. I'm glad you brought that up because I went <laughs> through that same thing. Having a membership, I thought, oh my gosh, what I need. Cause like, I felt like I wasn't enough. And what I needed was to bring in all these experts. Yeah. And I did that and people enjoyed that. But when it, you know, bottom line, what they were there for was me. And we had a lot more, people show up to the calls where I was helping and coaching and answering their questions than the ones when the experts came. And I'm like, yeah. what is up? Like, I was confused by that at first. <laughs> like, why do you want me? <laughs> why did you even join this? <laughs> but like, I thought they were joining because of all these experts that I, you know, was giving them, but it turned out it wasn't really that. I mean, those were like icing on the cake for them, but what they really wanted was to be able to 
ask me questions and get my perspective mm-hmm. because I had been where and this comes down to an identity thing. Like I had been where they are. Um, and I, you know, they knew that I had like somewhat walked in their shoes and these experts that were coming in, they didn't identify with them as much. Right. So they realized, oh, they could get like really custom advice from me that was going to really apply to them because I understood where they were and I didn't have to be some big name or have some reputation. Yeah, I think that that totally makes sense. And it's interesting because I my story was like kind of different. I feel like I didn't really do a proper launch the first time I launched, but it was very much like just taking the dive into the deep end of like, okay, I'm a coach now. Here I am. And so there was an announcement, but not like a proper launch. And that definitely taught me so many things, which is, and it's like a balance. Like obviously I teach launching now. And I think that the best way to go about it is to do a proper launch because you get better results that way. But at its core, the first step to anything is just taking the leap. Mm -hmm. It's just taking the leap. And so for you guys listening too, that might be just taking the leap to join the program to learn what to do. Like my first leap was joining a program to figure this shit out. (laughs) And then the second leap was like making the Instagram post saying, post saying, okay, I'm a coach now. And then starting to really talk about it and put myself out there more. Um, But yeah, I feel like this is, it's something that all of our clients have struggled with. It's something that we've been through too. It's a common experience for so many, yet it always comes up as a fear and an objection as if everyone's alone and experiencing this in a special way that, you know, (laughs) I'm scared or I don't know how to put myself out there or I'm not sure if I'm qualified enough when these are completely normal things that everyone goes through. Yeah, and I think the big key with your story is that you didn't just put yourself out there without any backup. Like, you put yourself out there knowing that you had this coach that you were working with that was going to help you with strategy and all of that stuff, right? That's true. Because, like, it's scary to put yourself out there without backup. Yeah. You know, what if it's crickets? Or what if people ask you questions that you can't answer? Or what if people, like, question you? Like, who are you to be doing this? We'll all get some of that. Most people won't, but when you put yourself out there, you're going to get like the crazies, as we sometimes say. <laughs> we right? still They're, get yeah. the crazies. Oh <laughs> I don't know if the crazies will ever go away. But we, we always get like wacky applications or people reaching out who think they're interested, but really have no clue what the program's about. So that'll happen no matter what stage you're at. But at the beginning, though, it's like, what is going on? <laughs> right? Am I not being clear? Like, am I, I don't know. Like we, we think it's us and it's not. It's sometimes, it, as I always tell my students, like you put yourself out there enough, you will attract the haters and the crazies. And that's like the 1%. And that just means that you put yourself out there a ton yeah. and you, you know, you reached all those other 99% of people that you wouldn't have reached if you didn't put yourself out there. I remember in the first coaching program I did, we would like celebrate whenever someone would get like hate or like uh-huh. someone would disagree with them because it was like you made it you 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 did a polarizing enough post you really like you really showed your expertise in such a way that people are disagreeing with you and that sometimes it, it really is an indication of like they're noticing you're getting people's attention not everyone's gonna agree with you at all times but uh, it was kind of like a running joke that like yay you have haters <laughs> yeah <Yep. laughs> um, but for real. I think having a coach during that, I don't think I could have done it without guidance because 
I remember, and actually when I was flying uh, to and from Paris on the airplane, I took some time and like was cleaning out my camera roll and I deleted so many screenshots of me screenshotting messages from people, leads, and sending them to my coach being like, what do I say? <laughs> because I feel like that is such a, it's such a thing. Like it's, it's new territory. And when you're in new territory and you're doing something you've never done before, you're not expected to know how to navigate through everything. But that's the whole point. That's the whole point. It's new. Yeah. I mean, that's what I love about the way we run out to launch is that people do bring their screenshots of their dms and we talk through like how would you respond to this and how can you respond to this you know from a place of authority i I know we were talking about this last night talking about how you know in order to launch successfully you do have to have a level of authority yeah and how do you move into that authority when you never did it before yeah right and that's another reason that people don't launch is that they think well i will know when i have I've moved into this place of authority where I feel comfortable, but honestly, you know, we're always evolving. I always feel like I'm needing to up-level my authority, right? There's always mm-hmm. more we can do to, to be better at what we do and, you know, to, to be able to say things the way we want to say them and all of that stuff. We're always evolving, but we were talking last night about like, yeah. in some ways you have to like fake it until you make it yep. at the beginning because you don't have any experience with yourself, you know, doing this in a, a place of authority yet. And so you just need to like put that on until you truly believe it. Yep. Some people don't like the term fake it till you make it for some reason. I like it. <laughs> I feel like in a lot of ways it, it really embodies so many different areas of life but especially here when it comes to authority like yes obviously we want you to have experience we're not recommending that anyone who has never sung a song before suddenly decides to become a voice teacher like there's inherently if if you are setting out to do something we're trusting and you should of course trust yourself that like you have the experience to do it from education from your life experience whatever it is so assuming that that's to be the case then it's about just breaching this next level of outwardly showing that to your potential clients and I think it's like a chicken and the egg situation where sometimes people think oh well I'll have authority when I get clients Mm -hmm. but you're really not going to get clients until you demonstrate your authority so how do you do that where exactly do you start and a big part of that It's internal and it's external. The internal part is really just about believing in yourself, taking the first leap, you know, showing the knowledge you do have, uh, feeling confident to do that, you know, talking about what you can talk about, educating on what you can educate about. And then the external, well, I guess that's partially external, but like the external is like really showing it and the internal is like actually believing it. And if you can't get behind believing it 100%, you just have to get behind believing it as much as humanly possible and sometimes it might require like putting on your like Sasha fierce like personality and just just put put, you know putting a kind of just getting up on stage almost and just doing it and acting like a character a little bit I'm trying to make this like a theatrical analogy but do you know what I mean yeah I actually think (laughs) a, a good analogy for musicians is I mean this is the same thing that you do when you book your first gig yeah right? Like you've never done a gig before, or at least that kind of gig, but you have to pull from the, 
the authority of things you have done. So maybe you've sung in a college recital. Maybe mm. you've, uh, you know, performed on an open mic and people actually clapped. Like you have to start from somewhere and pull that feeling of like, I actually had command of this situation yeah. and I can just take that authority from there and just move it forward to this next thing because you, I mean, you always have to have a point where you do something for the first time and you can't approach it from, I know I can do this or I've done it before. So you have to pull something forward from other things that you've done. So same thing with like, if you're launching a new kind of program, we had somebody in out to launch this last time who had launched before, but she was launching to a totally new audience and like a new kind of thing. And she almost felt like she was starting from zero again, Yeah, which I thought was so interesting because I'm like, oh my gosh, like I see you over here acting with all of this authority around this particular subject, but now you're moving into this new area and you're telling me you feel like you're starting from zero. Like I don't, I don't think of you that way. And of course, a lot of people that were already in her audience would also be interested in this new thing. So they're not thinking of her that way. They Mm -hmm. see her as an authority in this other thing. And so she just needed to be able to step into like, I'm just going to pull my authority that I have from over here into this new thing that I'm doing because I know I can do it. And I know that I have authority in this other place. And I just need to like, embody the authority I felt over here in this new place. And I do think by the end of, of out to launch, she was totally there. Yeah, definitely. And I'm wondering too, if we should even like define what authority is, because uh, I wonder if it's confusing, but essentially what we mean by that is, geez, what is the best way to define it? Like showing up, not necessarily as an expert, but as someone who truly knows what they're talking about and is going to get you results. Like even you can even be an authority as a musician. It's really just like basically showing that you are walking the walk and you're talking the talk and you're taking yourself seriously and you take your job seriously. Yeah. And I think a big part of it is being unapologetic Mm -hmm. because when I see that authority, authority is breaking down is when I feel even sometimes people say like, Oh, you know, I don't know. They like do say something that's like self-deprecating a little bit. Yeah. Um, or they act like they're a little bit apologetic for showing up in this way because they know that this is a new thing for them. Mm, yeah. Like yeah. You, you can't come at it as being apolo- apologetic about it at all because people will sense that. And it totally comes up. I feel like with sales and pricing and stuff like that too, where People tend to be like, and sometimes, again, it's behind the scenes. They're not necessarily saying this to clients, but, oh, I can't charge that much. Or, oh, I feel bad taking their money or asking for that. And it can impact your authority if it is becoming external and um, you're discounting your stuff because you're afraid to ask for the price or you're letting people just walk all over you and not actually pay you when they're supposed to pay you or pay you the amount you're supposed to be paid or you're getting on your stories and saying, uh, well, this is the price or, uh, I unfortunately have to charge or stuff like that, which I don't really see a lot, but I'm just trying to paint the picture of like, that is not, that is not. Well, I, I see it coming up when people say things like, I know musicians struggle to make money yes. or like things like that. Right. Or I know oh, that yes. like, 
you know, you guys are starving musicians mm-hmm. or things like that. Yeah. And that's not empowering to them either. I know you're so broke <laughs> that you could not possibly spend $1 on this. So I've decided to completely degrade myself so that you don't have to pay me any money for all of my value. Like, <laughs> like no. <laughs> That's not what we want. <laughs> no, that's not going to be empowering for anyone. <laughs> that's not empowering? I can't believe it. What? <laughs> no, but but it is true, though. And it seems like an exaggeration, but while obviously they're not using those exact dramatic words, oftentimes people will do that. Like, they will discount or they will just um, completely devalue themselves because they feel like they have to fit within a box or they have to do certain things to appeal to their audience. And Brie and I, we were talking about this last night too, where we were just talking about our own business journeys. And I I definitely caught myself doing that at the beginning of my career where I was like, all right, I'm going to try this offer that I feel really confident about. And, you know, then it didn't work for everyone. But because it didn't work for everyone, I was like, well, maybe I need something else to fill that void. Mm -hmm. So I introduced another offer and that didn't really work for everyone either. And it didn't really work as well as I thought it was going to work in general. And then, I mean, that's all been resolved now, obviously. (laughs) That was at the beginning (laughs) of my career. But, But at the time, it was like a big loop of like, okay, well, how do I get these people to buy? And what do I do? And like, I felt really shitty because it felt like I wasn't really giving them what they wanted but the reality is I was giving the people who wanted it what they wanted. Right. It's just that I didn't need to be all things for all people. And I definitely didn't need to create a bunch of new offers and like, <coughs> sorry, um, create a bunch of new offers and just like decrease my prices or play around with pricing or try to create a bunch of different things to make it approachable for like everyone and their mother and then, of course, they still wouldn't buy because the problem wasn't actually the offer. The problem was just, mm-hmm. like, they didn't want it or it wasn't for them. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that people have this idea of when you launch, if you have, like, everything just right, like, everyone's going to buy it. It's going to be, like, a 100% conversion rate, yeah. which is absolutely nice. ridiculous, right? <laughs> You're, like, you are so happy if you get, like, a 5 to 10% conversion rate. Yeah. Because And that's why we, you know, we harp so much on growing your audience because not everybody's going to want what you have. Not everybody's going to want it at this time. It, you know, there's going to be all kinds of reasons why it's not right for them now. And so you can't just like bash yourself yeah. <laughs> if not everyone's buying. And sometimes as coaches, like you, you see people, you see people in your audience and you're like, I know that this would be good for you. But they have to make the decision themselves to buy. And I think that this is one of the hardest parts of being a coach. And honestly, one of the hardest parts of getting started that you as a listener might resonate with is like dealing with rejection. Like quite frankly, just dealing with hearing no or dealing with the idea of knowing that what you have is going to be good for like everyone in your audience. But that doesn't mean that everyone in your audience is going to actually buy. And that's okay and it's not always easy it can be really uncomfortable to um deal with rejection because honestly it is something that you you have to get comfortable dealing with as a business owner and as a coach but it doesn't mean anything about you or even your offer necessarily it's it's about them and and it's okay that was one of my hardest lessons that i that i ever had to learn and still have to practice is like 
detaching my, my self-worth from the outcome of any particular launch or even any just conversation in general with potential clients or audience members or things like that. Yeah, I mean, that's another reason that just comes back to authority, too, because if you're letting that degrade your mindset, especially during the launch, Damn. oh, you're going to go into like launch hell. That's why I needed a coach. Right. <laughs> right. And that's why I it's so important, I think, to be working with someone in some way, whether it's us or whatever works for you. But like having that support during the launch, because you can't let the, those feelings take over the way that you show up because it's just going to be this vicious cycle for you. Yeah. <laughs> right. And then people are going to be like, oh, well, you know, she doesn't really seem like someone I want to work with because she doesn't seem that confident or yes. that excited about her offer or, you know, because if you let the feeling that like some people aren't interested in your offer, like degrade your excitement about your own offer. Yes. You know, so, so it's funny because I just got one of my sales pages rewritten and like I was rereading the sales page copy and I'm like, holy crap, my offer is awesome. Like <laughs> I'm so excited about my offer. I want to buy it. And so sometimes I think we have to like go back to reminding ourselves why what we have is really good because when you do put it out there, you're going to experience people saying no or lots of objections and things like that. And I tell people this about booking all the time too. like remind yourself why you're good. Go and practice for 20 minutes before you make booking calls. And after the the 20 minutes is over, you're going to be feeling so good. You're going to be like, I am awesome. Like they <laughs> should totally book me because I am good. I sound great. I have energy, like all this stuff. And that's going to carry into your booking call. And so the same thing with, you know, with what you're offering, your program that you're launching, like remind yourself why it's good as you're in the middle of the launch. So you don't let those people that are going to be there and saying, no, it's not for me, like drag you down. And I say this often, but like energy can be felt. And I think that sometimes we can try to hide it or sometimes we can show up even if we're not feeling our best and it's okay. But at the end of the day, if you are like really internally struggling and then you just try to show up and act like everything's fine, it, it it's not going to go well. Like your audience is going to be able to tell. And I can name, I can think of several times where I've observed coaches on their stories and I've been like, their energy's off. There was one coach I was observing where, where there was like a week where I was like, something is so weird here. Like her energy is just off. Later found out she had gone through a really big breakup. And I was like, I freaking knew it. <laughs> I knew it. And I, I, that's not related to a launch, but I, I'm just using it as an example because like you can tell when things are off with people, right? Now imagine you're in a launch and I've seen with this, this with coaches too, where like the coach will sort of take their frustration out on the audience. And I'm all for like firing your audience up. And sometimes I, I'm not afraid to call people out. And honestly, I usually get good responses from that. I remember during our the very first time I launched Out to Launch, this is before it was two separate programs. And so you could launch a coaching program and or a Patreon. And at the time, I had done a free challenge. And I think I've talked about this before. But basically, I was launching and a bunch of people or there were a couple of people who were in the free challenge who basically just did the challenge and then ignored what they learned in the challenge. And 
immediately launch their Patreon even after learning. Like, it takes time. Don't do that. And so I got on my stories and I was like, listen, some of you are acting like fools out here. <laughs> like, I'm calling you out. This is not... Like, this isn't what you learned. This isn't what you, you want to do. And ultimately, it's your choice. But I'm telling you right now that, like, you have the opportunity to really give yourself, like, the, the due diligence you deserve or not. And I was, yeah, I was frustrated that they weren't joining. But more so, I was like, this is an opportunity for me to really fire up the people who need to hear this message. And I got so many DM responses from that. There's a difference between that and me getting on my stories, for instance, and being like, what the hell is wrong? Or, <laughs> okay, I know you people need this, um, but, you know, for some reason you're not joining. Like, why am I being ignored? <laughs> yeah, why am I being ignored? And I, I'm, I'm trying to even think of a way that it might be articulated without even saying something like that. I feel like, honestly, it, it could come across in an energetic way where you're just, you just sort of are annoyed. Where you're like, all right, well, there's some spots left and I know you guys are launching Patreons and I know you need help but you're not joining. Um, so, you know, this is your sign to join, but like you sound annoyed or you're coming across as upset or frustrated <laughs> or whatever the emotion is. People can feel it. People can sense it. You're probably not hiding it as well as you think you are. And the whole point of this is it will come across. It will impact your launch. And that's why you need a support system to get through it. Because if you're not uh, working, I'm not saying that having the emotions is bad. I'm saying completely neglecting working through the emotions and also taking it out on your audience is bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And having a coach will help you to not do that. Yeah, definitely. And so like to bring this back to like where we started with this, I feel like we've gone off on like a million tangents, but you know, where we started was the reasons that people put off a launch. And I think the biggest one, well, there's a lot of them, but one of them is the whole authority around the whole authority thing because they feel like, oh, I just need this certification or I need to, you know, get to this place in my business before I can launch. Yeah. And I'm so thankful I didn't do that. I literally, I mean, I had been doing women of substance for years, right? And I built up an audience. So I did have an audience, but I had only been talking about stuff related to helping musicians with marketing and business for three months before mm. I launched, right? And yeah, I, I built some authority up with the podcast, but I had to take that leap. I had to be like, I mean, there's a big difference from being a podcaster who gives free advice <laughs> and yeah. somebody that's going to sell a program. <laughs> and I just had to like take a leap of faith and be like, I know I can do this. And I had to be confident enough in myself to put it out there in a way that wasn't like, hey, I'm kind of trying this thing. Do you want to check it out? No, like I'm doing this thing. Do you want to come along? Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So if you're feeling this way, we hear you. We get you. And it's not an excuse. <laughs> because it's something that so many people go through. And it's not, it's something that can be, I honestly think, easily overcome. Like, I, I feel like we've easily overcome it and we've helped our clients overcome it. And it's not to say that it's like a, you know, one second thing and then you're cured and confident forever and ever. But it's not something that, like, you're not special. You can overcome this. You can get to the point that you want to be and achieve what you want to achieve 
just like everyone who you admire, just like that that vision that you've set out for yourself, it is possible for you. Yeah, and if you listen to our last podcast episode, we had our students on here and pretty much every single one of them talked about this. Yeah. Talked about the feeling. I know one of them was like, I joined at the last second because I was still just so unsure if I could do it, if I had enough bandwidth. You know, I was I was confident enough, it's a new thing. And, and then other ones just totally stepped into like a new role of confidence that they didn't have before. And that happened during the program. Yeah. It, they had to have a level of confidence to even join, but it was just like a tiny seed, right? Yeah. And then it just grew and it grew and grew during the program. So if you've got that seed, you are ready. Yes. <laughs> I love that. Exactly. Yeah. If you have an inkling, if you have like an urge, if you have this gut feeling you're ready, you're ready, and you don't have to have all the answers. That's the whole point. We're gonna take you through this program, we're gonna teach you all the strategy that you need to know, the tech that you need to know, you don't have to worry about all of that. And honestly, we don't talk about this as often because I don't know that people are outwardly looking for it as much as they think, they don't realize they need it, but you're gonna go through a huge personal transformation inside of this program. All of our clients have, honestly, I think that everyone from our last round said that that was one of the biggest changes for them was the confidence that they got, the personal transformations that they went through, working through so many limiting beliefs and and feelings of fear or uncomfortableness or worthiness that came up. And that goes so far beyond your first launch. It goes, it's something that you take with you forever and ever and just helps you grow as a person and become more confident as an artist and as a business owner. Absolutely. And I, the reason we're talking so much about this here is I know that you guys are not just about the tactics and stuff. Like you come here for that, but you also come here because we talk about mindset and productivity and wellness and all those things. And seriously, like other program, there's plenty of other programs that you can take that are going to help you launch. Right. And I've looked into a few of them recently and what they love to talk about is like all the things you're going to learn. You're going to learn this and you're going to learn this and you know, you know, and there's just like, so they have like everything, but the kitchen sink in there, <laughs> probably also the kitchen sink. Um, <laughs> you will get a new kitchen sink. Right. <laughs> but like, that's all they're talking about is how you're going to have all of these strategies and tactics and step-by-step. Step. And yes, we give that too. But I think it's much more important to highlight the fact that you're going to be going through so much crap in your head during this time. And none of those strategies and step-by-step are going to help you through that. And that's why you need a lot more handholding during it. And that's why we created the program the way that we did. Not to mention the fact that the, I think the overlap of the online coaching industry and the music industry is such a specific niche that a lot of other programs aren't able to capture that. Like, Bree and I both throughout our career have had to take programs outside of the music industry and adapt it to work inside of the music industry in the online space, dealing with musicians. And kind of going back to what Bree was saying earlier about like, you know, we know musicians are broke, (laughs) which might be true. Like as a coach, quite frankly, you might experience a lot of money objections from musicians. Well, you know, it's not about blaming them or getting frustrated. It's about just dealing with it and knowing your market and knowing your ideal client and navigating the online space in the music industry, which really is its own beast. And 
I think that that's what has made a huge difference in our clients' results too, is that we get both worlds. We get the online world, we get the music industry world, we bring it together so that they know, we know what we're talking about in relation to their specific teachings and clients. And we can really take this niched aspect uh, that gets even better results because the music industry is different than a lot of industries. And we kind of need to be mindful of that when, when you're launching something, when you're creating your programs and when you're serving your clients. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And the community that's created, you know, if everybody is musicians, artists, um, at least creatives in some way, the community is so much stronger and everybody understands each other yeah. so much more because they've, I, th I think this time everyone in there has has been an artist at some time. If they're not currently an artist, they've been an artist. And so understanding that mindset and like also the fact that that's what their clients are, it's big. And being able to talk to each other about it, I always feel like when I'm in programs that don't have musicians, I feel like I'm like filtering, you know, I'm filtering things for my world and not really able to like, talk to other people about yeah. what's happening because it, it is quite different. We're having to over explain. Yeah. Okay. Well, the reason that, that I'm feeling this way is because this is the case. And let me just tell you about the industry. So you understand where I'm coming from. Right. You don't have to do that. I mean, I feel like in the first few programs I took really all of them, it's like so many other like fitness coaches. And then it was like more business coaches and stuff like that. But like try explaining to a bunch of fitness coaches, what the music industry is like, like it's just a completely different ball game. But when we were getting started, like we didn't have any other option but to be surrounded by so many different niches, which can obviously ha can be valuable in a lot of ways, but it's also exhausting. <laughs> I know, and that's why I've I have had this program in my head for probably two years because I I wanted something that where we could all understand each other, we could all be on the same page, and still be able to. Re, you know, create these programs that are in the online world, but not have to try to figure out how to adapt what we're doing to this generalized culture. Yeah. Yeah. So with that being said, um, application calls close tomorrow. <laughs> Actually, if you're listening to this on my pad podcast, I think they close today. Oh so, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Thursday, November, what uh, 18th 18th, yeah. 18th 18th so it, whichever day you're listening to this on if it's third if it's on or before thursday november 18th this is your last chance to book an application call your call doesn't have to happen today but this is the last chance to get on my calendar have a conversation learn about the program see if you're a good fit talk about enrollment details and then you know get enrolled should you choose this is the last day to book your application call and spots are already filling up we're recording this a week in advance and we've already got spots filled up so this is no joke this is like literally your last chance yeah so go to katiezacardi.com slash out to launch uh, we also have a cool widget on the page if you have a question I mean, we want you to book a call, right? Because this is getting down to the wire. But if there's just like this one little nagging question, like you're just not sure if it's right for you and you just want to make sure, just put something in uh, our little video ask widget. Um, just put a little question in there. We will respond right away and get that squared away so you can book your call. And we cannot wait to see what our students do in the next round of Out to Launch. And by the way, it they will be launching within the first quarter of the year. So most people will be launching in March. Yeah. And 
if you want to launch in early 2022, you want to join yep. because our next program is the next launch option for people in the program is not till September. Almost a year away. Yeah. <laughs> so now's the time. Either you take action now or you keep procrastinating and making excuses or whatever it is you're doing, going back and forth and back and forth. Even if you don't want to launch in March, but you want to launch soon after, this is for you. Like do the program now, get the information now, go through this transformational process now and be all the better for it and be able to put yourself and your business in a better position as soon as possible early next year. Yep. And know that you will have two calls a week with us to deal with all these mindset issues that I guarantee will come up. <laughs> if they're not already. Right. <laughs> awesome. So you guys go to the page, katiezacardi.com slash out to launch. It's in the show notes and sign up for a call. And we look forward to working with you and out to launch. We'll talk to you guys soon. Bye guys. Thank you so much for listening to the Out To Be podcast. If you like this episode, be sure to share it with a friend. And if you haven't already, rate and review it on Apple iTunes or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us spread the message and get this podcast out to even more women in music. For more information on coaching services, head to katiezacardi.com. See you next week.